Hello, everybody. My name is Tim, and I'm the pastor of Journey Church. And as you all know, as we all know, 2020 has been not what we expected it to be. And uh, with that, though, it's not just something that, like, objectively look at and say, man, it's been a tough year. It's something that we're feeling. At this point in the year, we are feeling it. And it's not like we're dragging it around, but it's actually growing tension around it. It feels like it's closing in on us at this point. And so I thought it would be fun if we came together as some people of the teaching team and just actually had a conversation about some of the tensions that we are feeling. Because I don't know about you, but for me, it feels like I'm feeling a lot more than I'm talking about. And a lot of that's because I don't feel safe talking about what I want to talk about. So I would love if we can have a conversation, kind of open it up and demonstrate a little bit of how to have a conversation that doesn't turn violent. And so that is the goal of this conversation, to have a helpful conversation where we can talk about the tension that we're experiencing in these times in such a way that actually helps each other out. And perhaps if you're watching this, maybe you'll get a little peace in understanding that you're not the only one feeling the tension. And uh, I want to encourage you, hopefully out of this conversation, you may be encouraged to have a conversation with some other people that you do life with, that you're actually in close proximity with. You want to talk about it, but you don't want it again to turn violent. So that's the goal of this. I will start with you, John. I know you're right in the middle of this. You have been home since COVID began working as well as being a father of all your boys and helping them navigate distance learning while working in the kitchen. How has that been for you? Uh, it's been a struggle. Um, it started off with uh, just a feeling of like kind of being trapped because I couldn't go anywhere. So I was, I was starting to feel a little bit, a little bit antsy and a little bit restless. Um, and then, you know, as things started picking up, I, it started going okay. And then as soon as school started, everything just, I felt like the bottom just fell out. Um, I just, just stress, just answering questions and trying to balance work and two kids doing distance learning was just frustrating and then just sometimes I would, by the end of the day, I'd be pulling my hair out, just losing it. But uh, it's, 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 now that things are getting smoother, it's a little bit easier, but there's still the, that struggle, there's still that in the back of my mind when I lay down, like, oh, it's going to happen all, it's going to happen all day again tomorrow. Like the same thing is going to happen, I'm going to have to do the same thing. So it's been a little frustrating. Yeah, I definitely can echo that experience. It has been quite a year, just like it has been for everybody else. I am a couples therapist, and I actually moved out of my office building in September, and now I'm working primarily from home, which as an entrepreneur is really overwhelming because so much about an entrepreneur is business growth and business goals, and to close your office and walk through the grief of realizing, okay, my business hasn't failed, but it looks a heck of a lot different than it did um, six months ago. That that's been just an overwhelming experience, as well as having two eight-year-olds at home that are distance learning. I think through this, my children have gained a greater appreciation for the work that I do. And I have definitely gained a greater appreciation for them as individuals and what they need. Uh, because when I sent them off to school in kindergarten, I grieved the loss of being with them all day, every day. And then I got back to eight-year-olds that were now with me all day, every day. And catching my parenting up to that moment-to-moment -moment experience has been really, really challenging. And I think getting to know them as individuals. And then also, for better or for worse, seeing a lot of their social graces kind of wear off. 
Um, some of the words that come out of their mouth, some of the noises that come out of them are not what they used to do in school. And so trying to kind of help keep us on a path of some sort of social normalcy um, as my kids get more and more used to doing school from home and recognizing that my home has become my gym my uh, social arena, my work, uh, where I school my children, all of those sorts of things, and feeling at times like it's Groundhog's Day or the walls are closing in. I think those have been the big challenges, especially as you know, November approaches, the election approaches, uh, holidays approach. It just feels like that burner is just in intensifying in a lot of ways. Well, let me ask, um, so that's the reality, and there's been layers added. So it's not even just like, okay, normal life, and then add the tensions, the external tensions, but the normal lives have changed big time. Jeff, I know your normal life has changed because uh, you were planning on retiring at the end, or the beginning, I should say, of this year, but now that's happened, a new school year started. You're not teaching this year for the first time in forever. So from someone like me, it would be like, oh, Jeff, Good news for Jeff, he can just coast. He's got nothing to worry about. But tell us the truth. What tensions are you feeling um, in this season, even though you're freshly retired? Well, and it was, uh, it was almost like being retired from the Titanic, the way it ended up. My last day, I didn't even know it was my last day. Uh, I, I was sick for a couple of days, and then while I was sick, they canceled school for the rest of the year. So like that, 37 years of teaching ends. And I had plans for retirement, and those have been changed a lot. This very week, I was supposed to be uh, watching grandkids up in Washington, but the conference they were going to go to has been canceled, like all conferences. So I've kind of had to figure out, unlike my two uh, colleagues here, I, my day is kind of, I, Linda's gone to work. I have to try and figure out, okay, what am I going to do today? How am I not going to drive myself crazy? How am I not going to spend six hours in front of the computer reading and watching videos and paying attention to election stuff uh, and getting more and more depressed? So that's been my challenge, is trying to, trying to stay in the game, as it were. And what a temptation, because you can, you, I think we all feel the pressure like, okay, the, next, the future of the world is on your shoulders based on how seriously and how much you care for people, which will inform the way you vote this next month. So how are you going to do that? And man, what a, what a terrifying place to, for people to look at you and say, well, you have all the time in the world. You better get this one right. Uh, very scary. A new layer for me that I realized, like even a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm not going to worry about this too much or the external pressures. I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to feel confident about that for myself, although I was totally blindsided by something a couple weeks ago, and that was my kids, uh, who are also exposed to this world, asking me some hard questions about the devil, uh, which comes in numerous names, and they're all on the ballot, and how we're going to navigate this situation, and I'm saying like from all sides, and, and it's like they are coming to me feeling like they're more informed than I am, and it's all scary, scary stuff. And now my, the way I'm going to interact with this next season feels like it has more implications than I signed up for, more implications than I feel like my freedom is, is you know, tied to. And it's scary. I feel like no longer is it just me making a decision for what lines up with my beliefs, but now I've got to help my kids walk through this also in a 
arena that's just full of deception. Um, and I only have a few that are old enough to be coming to me with some strong <laughs> things that they've heard from either their friends or their friends' parents. Um, and it's crazy for me to even understand, like, they're friends who are not old enough to vote, but, man, they are passionate about one way or another because of what they've been exposed to. So I want to talk just for a couple minutes. How are we, I mean, all of us are parents. How are we navigating the season to even offer our kids, not necessarily the direction maybe or, or who specifically we're voting for, but how are we transferring peace to our kids that, uh, that everything's going to be okay and I'm part of this whole thing um, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can to make this not worse but to make it better? What my wife and I have determined is that no matter what's going to happen politically, we're going to continue those relationships I've been in, I've, I've seen too many families where people no longer speak to each other over who they voted for. Uh, and so we have disagreements from time to time, but they're always polite disagreements because at base, the things that bind us are much greater than a vote in a particular election, which comes and goes. So, you know, as the kids get older, I, I think that that's much more of a concern than when they're younger. You don't have to worry about the relationship when they're living with you. But when they're away, they can kind of sever it, if you say, and you can sever it too. And I, we've, we're determined that nothing that's happening is going, to come in the way, is going to come in the way of that. Yeah, and I just, you know, Tim, thinking about what you're saying is this idea of having the conversation is that... Um, I grew up in a family that didn't talk about politics because my parents saw things very different. And uh, my sisters and I were actually texting yesterday and laughing lovingly, lovingly to our parents about you know, this idea of when we asked who did you vote for and they would say, oh, well, that's private. And it was because they saw things differently and they didn't want to have that friction around, again, politics. And so I think for me, being able to really know enough that I can talk to my kids about it, that we can have these hard conversations because they're really uncomfortable. And, you know, my kids are eight and there's things that um, have been going on these last months that I'm shocked that they have an awareness around because I'm like, I'm not talking about it. Where are you hearing that from? And so it gets introduced into our home in ways that I wasn't prepared for and also really trying to take those opportunities to have the uncomfortable conversation, even if I don't know the answers. I think what I have found myself saying a lot is, uh, well, what I think is, or what, as far as I know, and kind of kind of couching it in the fact that I don't know all the answers, and I want to research them and look them up with them, and then also not overwhelm with so much information, concepts that we don't understand, that don't offer reassurance. Um, one thing that I've been telling my kids throughout this whole thing, um, they're in third grade, is, guys, I don't know when this is gonna, I don't know when this is gonna be over, right? I, I don't know when you're going back to school, but I know you will go back to school and you're not going to graduate from our living room, right? Like, cause I'm, I'm hoping, right? Like that's, you know, that's, that's 10 years away, right? Like that, that, that mom's words are true there. But of trying not to give them false promises, but willing to have that hard conversation, whether it's around, when can I see my friends? When does baseball start again? What's going on with politics? What's going on with um, just all the, the state of affairs? So, yeah, having the conversations. But they do bring up a lot of discomfort because it's not what I, I, I really grew up having those conversations. 
Yeah, we have to do the same thing because uh, my wife and I will talk about I'll talk about politics and then uh, are talking about what's going on or different propositions, things like that. And then since we're all home, the, the boys are all there to listen. And it's, oh, what does that mean? I'm like, okay, well, this means this and this means that. Um, and then just explaining it in the best way we can that shows no matter what another person thinks that we're still going to show love to that person and we're still going to, you know, appreciate them. We're still going to, you know, appreciate their point of view kind of thing. And there's always a lot of, well, this person believes this, and that's okay for them to believe that, but we believe this kind of thing. And, or it, and it gets confusing. Uh, my older son, who's 13, just kind of puts the blinders on, pretends it, or almost 13, I should say, sorry, uh, puts the blinders on and just pretends it does, doesn't pay attention too much to it. Um, so I, I'm kind of happy about that because he's at that age, much like you have some of the kids who are older, who really start to pay attention and learn. I remember I think I was about that age when I started asking more questions. Um, but yeah, just being home and then a lot of the, wh when can I see my friends again? What's going on? Uh, my wife's a teacher, so for her, she wants to go back to school as badly as the kids want to go back to school. Um, she's doing so much more work now. and I, I, So then she's taken away from the kids for a long time. So it's just a, it's a frustrating time and a, a difficult time, but just being able to have those conversations and open the, like, make sure I don't say, oh, we don't talk about that, or oh, don't, well, you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Just making sure that they feel like they're important and that they're informed and that they can help out as much as possible. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different for sure. Jeff, you mentioned kind of casually, like, elections, they come and go. And you've had way more experience with elections than I have both. Ex you've been around to vote longer than I have had the privilege to, as well as you've specifically studied elections for, that was your career essentially, and then teaching about it. So let me ask you this, because I think we've all been exposed to people who have spoken about this election as this will not come and go, this will come and devastate if it's done wrong. And uh, as much as my mindset is, yeah, it will come and go, Go, there's still a part of me in my back of my mind like, are they right? Is this the end of the world? Um, and I don't know. None of us know. It, it doesn't see it. There's no way that it should go. But again, Jeff, you're way more uh, capable of speaking into this. How do we, with the premise of this conversation even being to have peace and to practice and be able to have conversations with people that disagree with us, how would you approach that situation when you're in conversation and somebody brings up the concept that this election is, has the potential to end the world? There have, we, am I on? Yeah, I'm on. Um, one thing, I, I studied elections for seven years in college and then I taught about them in high school for 37 years. And one thing that you learn when you look even at American history is that we've gone through a lot of this before. We've had several elections where uh, in 1876 the Civil War could have started again, almost did. Uh, we've had several big elections where people thought this was the end of the world. Elections where employees would tell their, or employers would tell their employees, you're all planning on voting for this candidate. If you do that, don't come to work on Wednesday because you won't have a job. Um, we've had elections that are much more violent than this one has been so far. Uh, we see everything in the media where maybe 150 years ago they didn't. So we're exposing ourselves to a lot of that. The other thing is that I still believe that basically most of the people that we meet, when you talk to them individually, they're good people. And I think most of us know right from wrong to a certain extent. We're all sinners, but uh, I think there's basic things that we all still believe in. 
Uh, and remember, the news media, especially online, they get paid based on how many clicks an article gets. It doesn't matter to them whether the article is true or not. I've actually seen interviews with people that say, I don't care if it's true, I get paid by clicks. So they entice us to click on these things. We click, we get panicked, but the reality is something very different from that. So I try to put it in perspective of these things have happened before and over all of it, over our history and over all of human history is still God Almighty. This, no, oh, go ahead. Nothing, nothing is going to happen on November the 4th that he doesn't know about, isn't ready for. And remember, he has promised to never leave us or forsake us as his children. So the world may spin out of control, but we all have an anchor that they don't. And that's a point that I'd make, you know, if I had kids living at home and I, I make it to my wife and, and I make it now. We've got an anchor that they don't. No wonder they're scared. They don't have an anchor but we do. And that's such a good point that you brought up about like essentially what we're receiving through news media is it, it's their business. That's their job to create things that gets clicks. And that's going like crazy right now for multiple reasons. One of the reason we've got a ton of people at home that are clicking things and whatever they're trying to sell in this fear, they're going to get a lot of clicks. I want to talk specifically um, what role does hope play um, in this season where we, it can almost feel irresponsible not to address some of the fear, but what role does hope play as we enter into this election season very, very close? Oh, gosh, I think that, you know, hope is where it's at. I mean, it, because the thing is, is that, that there is a, you know, obviously being in California, we've literally seen things burning, right? And I think that there is uh, an emotional intensity that feels like the world is on fire, and the part that, that I have to ground in is also recognizing that after a fire comes through, there is new growth, right? That there is new growth, and that's part of um, the hope that comes from the devastation. And so I don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers as a helper healer. I don't have the answers as a mom, as a partner. But I do know that after we walk through what feels like just utter devastation is that new growth happens. And so my hope isn't necessarily in everybody getting it right now, but that the, the hope as we walk through this each day is that new growth happens, new conversations are happening. Um, there's ways that I have grown so much over the last seven, eight months, and there's also ways that have completely regressed. And, and just even having that hope in, in my family, in my friendships, in my walk with God, that there is always new growth happening, even when I don't see it. And that's really where, uh, especially the last few weeks, I've had to just lean on my faith so much, is just give me the courage to keep walking through this path, even though I don't see what's growing yet. And so for me, that's, that's how I experience hope, and it's how... Um, I try to remind myself that even though this doesn't feel peaceful, that I can still have hope, I can still have peace in the unrest. So um, big answer, but that's where it just speaks to me so much. Yeah, I think too, um, if, we, if we look to faith and we look toward like, especially in the Bible, if you go through the whole thing from start to finish, um, you see the Israelites constantly had their world fall apart. Uh, they were they were attacked, and their whole, the city of Jerusalem was just burned, burned to the ground and de devastated. They were all taken off to exile, but they still had this, this hope that they'd come back and that they had this promise that God said that they are, they are, he, they, 
they are his covenant people and he's going to honor his agreement. So he's going to go through and he's going to deliver them through whatever, whatever devastation they're going through. And we see it time and time again. And then uh, when you go in the New Testament, the same thing happens to Jesus. He, he, he says, you know, I'm going to rebuild this temple, destroy this temple and rebuild in three days, which means, you know, he's going to die and he's going to come back. And like Anna said, it, it's just a rebirth. It's a renewal. So even after destruction and pain and, and, and hardship, there's still something new and something fresh that comes out of it that's even better than before because we learn and we grow. And as we learn and grow, we become better people and, and, and we can learn to trust God more. And by doing that, we're able to handle these bumps in the road. As, or it does end. That, that, and that's, that's the truth. That's the truth, but it doesn't feel that way. So I want to end by just going around real quick. And the reality is the tension is uh, maybe it, it's cool right now in your life. You're not feeling that directly, but... For some reason, I find myself falling into conversations, or at least being in the same room as conversations that are very high tension. And I want to go around just what's one thing that we can even just say now that we know to be true that will help us um, have peace in those moments, that, that, that will help us realize that, as we've all said, that this will come and go, and that God's plan is so much greater than this, um, that, that can give us true peace in this season, whether it be the politics that's stressing you out or the distance learning or the COVID stuff or finances or whatever it is, what's one thing that can give you peace in this season of high tension? Um, I should have, I should have memorized the citation, but I didn't, but I'll see how well I do on the verse. Whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think on these things. And that's what I find myself having to do. The more time you spend online, the more time you spend reading newspapers and talking to people that are freaked out, you get pulled down. Paul said that because we need to reorient our minds to things that are good. Could be a walk in the park, could be for me bike rides help a lot. Uh, there are all sorts of different things that can be for each one of us. But do the good things and put away the stuff that's dragging you down. For me, it is um, giving it to God. And I think about, you know, this, the don't worry about everything. And to me, who is a natural worrier, that seems like totally crazy and unrealistic because I feel like sometimes I will give things to God and then I'll start like taking them back and saying, oh, no, 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 you're too busy. I'll handle this one and I'll handle this one. And all of a sudden, I've taken all of my worries back and all of the, the burdens back. And so being able to accept that it's not my job to make sense of it, nor is it my job to carry it all, that is the beauty in uh, my relationship with God is that he's not asking me to carry it all. He's saying, walk with me as you are um, stumbling, as you're growing, as you're healing, walk with me. And so being able to answer that invitation with this emphatic yes is, is where I find my feet more stable on the ground. And I think like Jeff said, I have been um, trying to move my body in some way every day that being outside walking um, when I can, those sorts of things. And, and I've just noticed I've listened to a lot more music, things that just bring me joy. Um, being more silly of, of finding opportunities to laugh. I, I think that sometimes it's hard to find opportunities to laugh when everything feels so heavy. And so more than anything is that when I find myself laughing, I really enjoy it versus trying to just kind of be like the laugh track on life when it uh, feels really inappropriate. Uh, yeah, for me, it's um, a, a lot of different things. One is you know, having someone else in my life to lean on, um, someone else who I can 
vent my frustrations to who I can talk to is really helpful. And then, you know, just that reminder that God is in control and that we will face trials, we will face tribulations, and that even, you know, this, it, it all passes. It may seem like the worst place I could be in. I could just, everything could just be crushing in, but then knowing that at some point it will all end. No matter what happens, it all ends at one point or another. So that's really helpful. Well, thank you guys so much for participating and sharing. I love that we talked for 20 minutes and we never brought up who's voting for who. Um, and you guys didn't wear your pro-whoever shirt today. Um, but I love that because that's the reality. For me, what gives me peace is, yes, there's a lot of pockets right now in life where we feel we bump into high tension, high stress situations, and then we leave there thinking. I, I have a voice in the head like everyone Nobody knows what I'm thinking. Everyone's against me. I want to be careful with my words so I don't get blindsided or attacked or lose a relationship. That's the scariest thing, Jeff. You talked about losing a relationship. I just want to encourage um, everyone who's listening to this, don't, don't allow that deception to derail you. The reality is that there are people, there are like-minded people who are on mission, who are focused on Jesus being the answer above all else, and get in a group, hang out together, have discussions on that, and what we'll notice is we're so much more alike than we're different, and not because of any of our political beliefs, but because of our spiritual beliefs and our knowledge of who Jesus is. So thank you guys for sharing. I hope you're encouraged if you're listening to this. I want to encourage you to have a conversation with somebody else with something that you agree on, and just understand that there is hope God's got this. We are going to have life after the election, and it's all going to be to his glory. Thanks, guys, for tuning in.